Australians are no strangers to deadly animals. Everything from the venomous spiders to the fire-starting hawks want to ruin their day. But 80 years ago, one animal got the best of them. The emu is a giant bird with a big appetite. And when it started eating crops from down under, the Australians did the only thing that made sense at the time. They declared war on them. But sometimes it all comes down to man versus nature in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's 30 minutes of interesting animal info for you and no one else. Don't let anyone take it from you. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos, but be sure to share it around. That's for sure. And today we're talking about a bird, not Eastern Michigan University, which I guess has the eagle as its mascot, and that's also a bird, but we're discussing a different bird, so if some silly SEO sent you here, stay a while. You might learn something. <laughs> Silly SEO. <laughs> yeah, tricks are for kids. And animal podcasts are about animals. That's very true. Yeah. And we're doing another bird. Yeah, because it's bird season. But it's wabbit. doesn't mean you get to shoot them. It's wabbit season. That means you get to listen and learn about them. Yeah. How many birds have we done this season? 16 at least. Probably, yeah. I think it's more like four or five. Four? But this is the end of the season. Yeah. The end of an era. And we end with a bird. Of course. Do Not, it doesn't go out with a bang or a whisper. But a bird. <laughs> <laughs> the bird is the word. Can you believe we started with the walrus ten weeks ago? It feels so recent. Yeah, I guess so. Go listen to our walrus episode. It's pretty great. Uh-huh. But not after, not before you're done listening to this one. Because it's going to be pretty great. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the emu. Hmm. EMU. Yeah. <laughs> Eastern Michigan University. I mean, we're not talking about that. Also, Go no- Eagles. <laughs> Go Emus. They've really missed an opportunity there. I, I thought about that, and I'm like, it's kind of a mouthful to say EMU Emus. I just said it, and I love it, actually. <laughs> EMU Emus. <laughs> EMU Emus. <laughs> um, but we're going to call it here, the feathers that launched a thousand bullets. There's a kind of a nod to... Trojan history. Uh, naughty chompers. <laughs> I was going to say hottie chompers, but then I was like, no, they're naughty. They're naughty chompers. <laughs> and uh, special hops. Good. That they're sounds special, like special uh, that would make a good beer. It's got to be a beer. It's special hops? Special hops, yeah. Spec or spec hops or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> special operations. Jim Hopperations. Did you know that Jim Hopper stands for James Jalapeno Popper? it's the dumbest thing you've ever said (laughs) and also the most delightful i think oh jim all right are you ready to hear what science has to call these things Mm, yes the kingdom is the one you know love and are in the kingdom animalia i wish i could remember that (laughs) the phylum is chordata the class is say it say it with me now because We've done like six birds this season. You know what order it's in. I mean, what class it's in. It's the class. Mammalia. No, avies. (laughs) Darn it. (laughs) Uh, The order is Casuariforms. Casuariforms? Oh. Looks like casuary. Yeah, casuariforms. Casuariforms? The formies. You got to say formies. That's that's right. Formies. Casuariformies. Yeah. 
Uh, family is Casuara Day. Casuara Day. How about that? <laughs> uh, the genus is Dror or Dromaeus. Dromaeus. That sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And the species, the binomial name. Are you ready for this? Dromaeus Nove Hollandae. Sounds delicious. Yeah. No Nova Hollandaise sauce. <laughs> Drizzle drizzle some of that on <laughs> on your emu. On my Dromaeus. You know they eat emus. I know, yeah. And ostriches. I've had ostrich. It's delicious. I just had elk a couple weeks ago. Really? It How tasted just like a regular burger. Really? Yeah. I don't know if I've had elk. I've had moose. Oh. Probably and, some and bison. I thought it would be more like venison, but it was like a burger. I mean, if you put anything into burger form, it's going to kind of blend Ground it, Grind it up, yeah. I've, I've had alpaca burger, and I was like, this tastes like meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now that we've talked about that, alienated <laughs> our vegan followers. <laughs> this, uh, this episode is going to... It involves a lot of bird killing, so if you don't like that, um, as soon as I say time for the major fact... Uh, go listen to walruses, because uh, there's there's some walrus killing in that one. I will say this also has some Roadrunner-style hijinks on the bird's part. <laughs> <laughs> Uncanny intelligence. <laughs> yeah, so it, if... You know, the I'll, I'll get to the part where the emus draped a picture of a, <laughs> of a tunnel over a rock wall. <laughs> to foil out That was quite, po- quite possibly the most ingenious thing they've done. Um, all right. In in case you've never seen an emu and you're in the car and you can't Google it, here's what they look like. They're brown, they're big, and they're birds. Big brown birds. They're flightless birds, so they have long, powerful legs that are built to carry their large frames along open plains quickly and other places. They have small vestigial wings, small by comparison, large by the fact that they're way bigger than any wings I've got. Um, <laughs> they're bigger than a finch's wings. They are, yeah. But by the comparison to their body, pretty small. And But they still flap them around when they run. This may be to help maintain their balance as they move and to stabilize themselves like a, like a gyroscope. Give them an extra boost of speed. Yeah. Using the wind. Pump the your arms. Side. Dig deep. <laughs> hips pockets or no wait chins pockets chins pockets what are you talking about that's how you that's what they say to, when you're like to runners to to move their arms chin chin, chin to pocket. pocket huh yeah or ears to pocket i'm not sure which interesting um, i always see runners like with their arms like they'll purposefully keep their arms down like they're crazy, but that like looks silly. It does look silly, but I guess it's good training or something like that. Maybe that's to build some sort of strength in some situation. Yeah, I guess if you get used to doing that and then you start to do uh, chin pocket, then you like run faster. Yeah. Um. So their brown feathers cover their torsos and lower neck, uh, leaving their legs bare. The color variations in their plumage give them some natural camouflage, especially in arid regions that are brown that brown foliage and brush and stuff like that australia yeah yeah uh their heads are covered in short scraggly black feathers and they say that that's to the black feather like their wispy black feathers sparse sparsely covering their heads and that's to like absorb solar radiation at the tips so it doesn't 
reach their scalp, which is a light blue color. Um, like a cassowary. Yeah. Uh, Although, like, this, the patchiness of it is unnerving. They all look super ugly. Yeah, no, it's ter- ter- it's gross. Like, at least ostriches are just all, like, featherless. But this is just, like, unf- unfinished hack job from a from a bad barber. A bird barber. A berber. <laughs> or barberb. Barbird. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll say things. <laughs> uh... Their feet are large, and they only have three toes that end in sharp claws. Emus have large auburn eyes that are creepy to look at for too long. They're not as pretty as the cassowaries. They're similarly haunting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Cassowaries got those long lashes go for miles. They do. Uh, Let's talk about the range and habitat. Emus live in Australia. We said that already. I put an exclamation point next to this, though. But so. I didn't I didn't hear the exclamation Emus live in Australia! There we go. Huh. I redlined. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were once commonly found all over the continent, but they have since become more rare. More on that later. Uh, however, agriculture and livestock farming have increased the availability of water in the interior of the country, and emu populations have grown, especially in arid regions. Uh... They can live in a variety of habitats across Australia, including forests, open plains, and coastal areas. Emus will travel long distances in search of food, and they will also migrate according to the seasons. Um, In the west, in the western Australia, they'll go south for the winter and then back up for the spring and summer. But in the eastern regions... What? They have no, uh, they they have no pat. They're all over the place, and they have no direction in their lives. Why would they go south for the winter if they're in the southern hemisphere? You'd think they would go north towards the equator. Good question. Maybe I got that wrong. Maybe the Wikipedia page got that wrong, or maybe they just do. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're just like, I like it cold. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, well, you can look that up and let me know, listener. I'm pretty sure I got it right though. South of the winter unless brings them brings re- them closer to Antarctica. Unless I was reading it and they were just they said they migrate for the winter. Or and you put you put in south there because we were no it definitely said the direction where they go in the winter, but I might have mixed it up, or the person writing it might have mixed it up. Hmm. I can't remember. Got to check that Wikipedia article. Yeah. Uh. So since we were talking about what it looks like and what it, you know what is the situation that means it's time for critter groups this is really shoehorned in the middle of this no no it's it's because <laughs> it's uh it's it's taking over let us know on the social medias whether you think critter groups deserves its own uh musical intro critter groups is that better than, like, critter groups? We'll figure it out. But in the meantime, I'm going to pose you a question, and that question is always the same. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is, what is the name of the group of these animals? Um, but then I will give you four options to choose from. It's a okay. multiple-choice test, which is nicer than what you give to me, which is uh, not a multiple-choice. It's a fill-in-the-blank. <laughs> um, so, Joe. Yeah. What is the name of a group of emus? Is it A, a flock? Is it B, a brace? Is it C, a herd? Or is it D, a canter? 
Canter is something a horse does. A flock. A brace. Brace sounds good. Brace is a good one, but it might be a, a good made up one. What was the third one? It is flock, brace, herd, and canter. A herd. I heard them coming. Hmm. There's a herd of emus. My face betrays nothing. <laughs> There's a flock of emus. No, it can't be flock. I'm throwing that one out. I've got my p -p poker face on. Uh, a canter. No. Too fancy to, for these scraggly boys. Uh, a flock. Oh, what was the last? It was a herd and then a flock, brace, herd. A brace or canter. a herd? Let's go with brace. Final answer. You're wrong again. Dang it. It's a flock. We got... You can't do that. <laughs> Whoever's deciding these, you cannot take a one from another creature and it's apply... A, it's a bird. Birds are a flock of birds. I guess. Yeah, that's true. But there are the thing is, there are some birds that don't aren't flocks. Right. So it's like a school of fish, but I imagine there are some fish, groups of fish that are not schools i mean they're gregarious in the off season but in the mating season they're not even like together that much except for matings mating pairs they they travel in large groups though in the as off season we, as we'll talk about yeah so yeah it's a flock i made up the other three uh -huh. i thought i thought i would get you with herd because there's like they they breed them and they're they're domesticated I, I was thinking along those lines actually and I, I think a brace is like rabbits or something like that yeah this is gonna be a crapshoot this 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 segment the segment <laughs> yeah I like it I like being the person who asks the questions for once okay here we go maybe, maybe I should put it at a different seg part of the show oh it's fine uh for now um let's get into the real thing you came to the first half of this episode for which is the listener's favorite part of the show the part of the show that's introduced by you the listener and it's also where I pose. Carlos questions that help convey the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms. This week, we do not have a brand new um, intro, but we do have an intro from your, the, the audience favorite, Tom. You're, <laughs> I had no... You're just making claims left and right. How, did, how could you possibly know? Is, what about Tom and Jerry? That's a lot of people's favorite Tom. But not our audience. Our audience... They, they love this talk. Yeah. Uh, I agree, I agree, I agree. Uh, and also, like, personal. Pers Tom, our personal favorite Tom. What about Thomas Aquinas? He's a good Tom. But I don't know. Would, he, would, would anyone call him Tom? Doubting Thomas? He's no one's favorite Thomas. <laughs> He's definitely not Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Murder. I appreciate you slowing down the last one so we could savor it. Yeah, that was uh, that was like good molasses. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a spoonful of honey just dripping over, just the, like the, the the episode. Let it resonate in that barrel chest. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again, Tom. That was that was a a generous for 
measure up intros. Be like Tom. Send in your own. And it ran the gamut. Yeah. It was. It, there I were laughed. Like, I cried. <laughs> it moved me. It moved me, Tom. It moved me, Bob. <laughs> All right. That was the deepest cut <laughs> Veggie Tales reference. <laughs> All right. Let's move right into height. They're 1.9 meters or 6.2 feet. How many giant huntsman spiders go into the height of the emu? Giant huntsman? Yeah, the giant huntsman is an is Australia's largest spider, and it's the largest spider in the world by leg span. Hmm. That's, that was the hint, by I the way. P- I probably don't want to know how big that thing is. Um... I mean, if a spider was a foot across, that'd probably be the biggest spider ever. Like, those bird tarantulas aren't a foot across. Yeah, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 6.2. I think the biggest spider in the world is a foot across. It fit across your whole face like it like it was a, a face-hugging xenomorph thing. The giant spider... Huntsman spider is thirty centimeters. How many is how many is f- feet is that? One. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Never have I been so right than when I was guessing the withers of a Shetland pony. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a shirt out of that. <laughs> uh, all right, that was a successful one. Let's move on to weight. I just want I just want to quit while I'm ahead. Can we just move on to diet or whatever you're going to say next? No, let's talk about the weight. 31.5 uh, kilograms for males and 37 kilograms for females. Uh, that's 69 and 82 pounds, uh, respectively. Females are bigger? Yes. Let's go by the female weight, which is 82 pounds. How many Australian 20-cent coins go into the weight of a female emu? 20-cent coins? Huh. So those could either be like super light, like a dime, or six and a half pounds, like a pound a half dollar, like a pound sterling, or like oh the, yeah, those um those euro coins that have the gold on the outside and the and the silver on the inside. Those are those are pretty hefty. Probably go towards the heftier part. Well, I don't know. What are those? Let's see. Those are a no. This is hard. I guess I would have to say it's like an ounce. That's probably pretty heavy for a coin. Um, are you not going to interrupt me with a hint? Here's a hint. The 20 cent piece features a platypus. <laughs> That's cute. Mm-hmm. It's very Australian of them. Um, so, I mean, if it's one ounce, then that means 16 of them goes into a pound, and you said 82 pounds. 82, 86? Uh, 82 pounds. 82 times 16 is, uh, like 130. No, wait, 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 no, no, no. Um, 1,300 coins. Yes. Okay. Wait. Yes. Uh. 1,300 coins. Okay. Go into an emu. So, a 20-cent coin in Australia is 11.3 grams or 0.3 ounces. Ah, so, the correct answer is 3,291 I, I, and a half. I was pretty spot on with my math. Yeah. 
You just had to... <coughs> Actually, no, I wasn't. I would have been way off. Because I said 1,300. If you multiply that by 3, you're, you're at 3,900. Anyway. But you said it was, <coughs> it was 0.3 ounces, and you said it's a full ounce. Yeah. And then you got to 1,000, which is... Point I got three. to I got to thirteen hundred, which multiplied by three, and but I was point three, and I was three times. If you were three times closer, then you would have been close. <laughs> if you thought, if you guessed, I would have been the correct off. ounces. You would have been yeah. Interesting. I guess uh, I've grossly overestimated the weight of a coin. An ounce would be a heavy coin. Yeah, I wouldn't even think think of that. But an ounce sounds small. But it does. Doesn't it sound small? It's yeah. Like, but it, I was I was gonna say like three or four ounces because that seems like like you know hefty. But I was like, that's a quarter of a pound. It weighs as much as a quarter pounder. Yeah, just <laughs> uh, a coin. All right, let's get into to some fast facts before we get into the major fact. Emus are diurnal and spend the day foraging for grasses and plants to eat. Kids, tell your moms what diurnal mean. And tell because tell, you tell should them, tell them what English mean too. You should know what I say. <laughs> tell tell your moms what diurnal mean. I said means. No, I only heard. I didn't hear the I s. Maybe, maybe swallow the s. Uh, they cough it up. They also eat arthropods like beetles, millipedes, and moths. I wrote months. <laughs> and <laughs> they ate January. <laughs> it's these, yeah. these monsters. It's a lot of protein. It's a Doctor Who villain. <laughs> Eats time. <laughs> uh, emus sleep for several tw- for several twenty minute intervals throughout the night to maintain vigilant vigilance against threats like the giraffe. Yeah, most large predators that would have predated upon the emu are extinct, like the thylacin, the megalania, which is a giant komodo dragon type thing, and then other large marsupials. But they're gone. So what does it have to worry about? Dingoes. And lots of them. Lots of dingoes. And also, you wouldn't expect this, the wedge-tailed eagle. What kind of eagle? Pretty large eagle that swoops down and aims for the throat and head. So uh, they can evade predators by uh, jumping up and kicking when they come down. So when a dingo attacks them... They'll jump up and kick them. So a dingo jumps up and goes for the throat or the head. But they can only jump to about an emu's head height. So when the emu times it correctly, they can jump up, removing their head from danger and also coming down and delivering a stomp. placing their feet where their head used to be. Right. Uh, So when an eagle attacks, they can't really do that. They're... They, they can only run away from foliage, and an eagle will try to um, get them in the open. So, that, so, like, what's to stop these eagles from trying to slit your throat? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> well, I guess a, an, an emu's got a lot of neck. Like, it's just neck, and it's not that thick. And we have arms and stuff. Still, we're smaller, and n- without tools, not as threatening. We're... We're smaller, but we're a lot heavier. True. So a child. But they don't try to. Don't leave a child out in the wood, out in the out, out in a pla- open plain in Australia. Don't let a child go anywhere in Australia by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> they have foot long spiders. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gonna pick your kid up and walk away with it. 
Yeah. But if you're an emu, to get away from an eagle or even a dingo Back or a flip. pack of... Uh, no. Bicycle, bicycle kick. <laughs> uh, they can evade predators by running up to speeds of 48 kilometers per hour or 30 miles per hour. I feel like an eagle can fly faster than that. Probably. But not through foliage. Yeah. So the 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 idea is to run for cover from an eagle. That's what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> climb a tree. They can't climb. Uh, smaller predators like foxes, other birds of prey, monitor lizards, feral pigs, dogs uh, may target their eggs or chicks. So, yeah. Don't they have, like, cool green-looking eggs? They do have very funny eggs. Very large, and I think they're, like, a dark greenish-blue. You know how much I love blue? A lot. I guess. <laughs> Everyone loves blue. It's a little leatherback turtle was blue. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got. All right. It's time for the major fact. For those of you who do not want to hear stories about lots of birds being shot, uh... Watch the listen to our, our walrus episode. Start start from season one. Or, yeah. st- or the for beginning of the season. Or season one. Let me tell you a story. It was nineteen thirty two in Western Australia. After World War One ended in nineteen eighteen, many British and Australian soldiers took up farming in the rural west of Australia. Then the Great Depression hit. And it hit everywhere and hard. Just 10 years after the end of World War One, So these farmers have been farming for about 10 years. Um, and they were promised, the farmers were promised government dollars to increase their wheat crop. The government's like, we need more wheat. And they're like, we are, the price of wheat is very low because it's the Great Depression. And the government's like, uh, we'll give you extra money. We promise. And they had like their their fingers crossed down under. <laughs> down under the table. <laughs> Uh, And then, to add on to things, 20,000 emus migrated uh, to where these farmers had settled. Mm -hmm. And so they started to eat the crops and destroy the fences so other varmints like rabbits and uh, dingoes could get in and destroy the crops as well. Dingoes love crops, man. They love to eat the rabbits that are in the crops. (laughs) (laughs) They're stomping all over the crops, chasing after rabbits. So... Obviously, this is a serious problem when your only livelihood, which has now become very cheap because of inflation and crashing stock prices, um, is now being destroyed by six-foot birds um, and dingoes. (laughs) (laughs) So the farmers slash soldiers asked the government to let them war against the emus. Because they're soldiers. They were like, well, machine guns worked really well against the Germans. I bet you we could do the same thing here. And um, the Minister of Defense, also known as the Minister of the Emu War, I bet you he loves that title. <laughs> His name is Sir George Pierce. He deployed sol- soldiers with machine guns to fight the spread of emuism. <laughs> LeBron scare. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, emuist revolution. Um, but the guy who was actually in charge of the ground troops, his name was Major Meredith. So we're not going to be Major Facts. We're going to be Major Meredith for the rest of this. Okay. Here is attempt number one to fight the emus. One day in November, it was balmy because it had just finished raining. The soldiers found about 50 emus, but the birds split up to search for clues, so only a few were killed. So imagine, like, they when they when they first started this adventure, they were like, 
oh yeah, there's 20,000 emus in the area. We're just going to get real close and just open fire into a wall of birds and we'll kill like a billion of them, right? It'll take like 30 minutes. <laughs> so it didn't work out like that. <clears throat> a few days later, they found a thousand emus, but their guns jammed and only 12 were killed. The rest of them got away. The Lord spoke that day. <laughs> He stopped the sun in the sky. He 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 stopped up the the guns of the Australians, <laughs> yeah. um, and dashed like, and dashed like he their chariots. the mouths of the lions. <laughs> yeah, and he dashed their chariots across the bottom of the Red Sea. <clears throat> so they also tried the Australians tried mounting their machine guns onto trucks, but the road was too bumpy and the emus were too fast. <clears throat> Like you said, they run 31 miles an hour. And when they're going through foliage and like dirt roads and all kinds of terrain, uh, 1930s trucks just weren't up to the challenge. <laughs> By the end of the week, they had fired 2,500 shots and only killed 50 birds. Can you imagine what they would have been able to do if they could have killed two birds with one stone? <laughs> they couldn't even kill one bird with... So they, they couldn't even kill one bird with... 50 stones, 50 stones that are fired, that are thrown really, really fast. <laughs> um, so they failed. Let's move on to attempt number two, because that wasn't enough of, of a beating. So the military withdrew and the emus came back for those good, good crops. And the farmers asked for help again. And the ever enthusiastic minister of the emu war, Sir George Pierce, uh, was like, yeah, let's do it again. And they were uh, he had to go to Congress or there they didn't have Congress, Parliament and um and try to talk about how important these crops were and how devastating the emus were. They were a bit more successful on the second run and ended up being and at by the end of it were able to kill 100 emus per week. Hmm. But eventually they were withdrawn. And uh, by the end of, like, I think a couple months, uh, Major Meredith claimed that 986 birds were killed with, get this, 9,860 bullets. Exactly. 10 bullets per bird. Oh, wow. And he also said that 2,500 died of their own, of their wounds. Such a liar. (laughs) (laughs) What wounds? Gun bullet wounds? Yeah, because one of the, I'll get, I'll get to that. Oh, you mean they escaped into the bushes and they're like, and then died man, he died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is how many we shot. Yeah. Uh, and the emus kept destroying crops after the military withdrew and the farmers were just still like, hey, can you can you stop not helping or continue helping? Which is the same thing, but keep doing what you were doing. And they're like, no, this is an embarrassment and a waste of time and bullets. And bullets. <laughs> Well, the Germans are going to attack us again. (laughs) (laughs) We we need our bullets. Um, So it it ultimately was a failure. What ended up actually calling the emu population was bounties on emus. Who knew? They ended up killing like 52,000 emus total through that. Imagine like the United States going to war against the lionfish. did you not hear? Like we, the F- Florida Fish and Wildlife just put out an edict. <laughs> yeah, that's a bounty. Like that's kind of like a it's bounty. not a bounty. You don't. I don't think you get money for killing an iguana. I don't know. If but it's, it's like 
if you catch one, don't release it back into the wild. Right. You got to kill it. Yeah. It's like a, it's like the snakehead, the bullseye snakehead we were talking about before. We have yeah. too many giant, like six foot lizards down here, and I guess you're supposed to go out of your way to run them over with your car or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a snakehead where you're fishing anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're not going to encounter it unless you're fishing. It's not like I'm walking down the street and I'm like, whoop, why do I have this giant lizard in my hands? <laughs> <laughs> it just leaps into your hands. Yeah. That's the most annoying part about them. <laughs> they just want to be held. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're just like, shh, shh. <laughs> oh, no. Apparently but, they burrow under people's houses and stuff like that. And they and have like really salmonella or something. Yeah, they spread disease. They're just like reptilian rats. Um. But I would—I mean, I would rather have a um, uh, one infestation than a rat infestation, or than an yeah. e- emu infestation. Oh, for sure. Can you imagine if there was like six and a half foot birds just <laughs> everywhere? Like <laughs> as common as deer are in other parts of the country, is just be like, and they're so dangerous. So here's some interesting facts about that. The soldiers noted that flocks of emus would appoint a lookout or a leader who would quote keep watch while his mates. <laughs> <laughs> Keep watch while his mates carry out their works of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> works of destruction. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Australian man. Uh, <clears throat> but it turns out that emus are difficult to kill. They're big birds and they can take a lot of punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, they would use what they call dum dum rounds, which are rounds that expand as on impact. So they don't pen it. They don't go all the way through. Like hollow point. Yeah, um, but the, I don't think the point is hollow. I think the whole bullet is hollow. It's it early versions of maximum damage bullets. Uh-huh. Um, so they could take s- several of these. The emus could take several of these rounds and still like fight back and run away and do all these kinds of things. Um, so don't mess with the lemu emu. Have you seen that commercial? No. I just watched it today. And yeah, it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah, I heard people at work saying, like, they, I don't know how you missed it. It's everywhere. Never seen it. It's, that's because it's a television commercial. And if you have Netflix like a regular person, then you're never going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the Limu Emu is a, is a detective. He's an, he's an emu that's wearing, like, a shirt and sunglasses. And George, the other de- his, his partner, like, talks to him like a regular person. And he, is George a regular person? Yeah, he's just a regular person. And his partner is an emu. Is the, does the emu talk? No. It's just an emu. It's just an emu. Uh, wearing clothes. <laughs> yes. So he'll he'll do things like toss keys to the emu to just hit the emu. And he'll be like, you drive. Or I'll drive. <laughs> so That's a pretty good commercial. It's, it's pretty good. It's Liberty Mutual. Um, not a sponsor. No, no, not a sponsor. Uh, but here's a quote from Meredith. And I can't do this. I, the Australian accent just doesn't work for me. Um, well, let's try it. Yeah, that was pretty good so far. They can face machine gun fire with the invor... No, it's getting bad. It's getting bad. I don't want to do it. They can face machine gun fire with the invulnerability of tanks. This is major Meredith. No, he's covering his butt. Like, he's not... That's not really happening. He was like, Major Meredith, why did you do so poorly with the emus? They're they're not emus. They're super emus. They're 11 feet tall. They can throw their feet at you. They're made of of plate steel. They're made of plate steel. They they took our guns. (laughs) They're well armed. I'm not losing another man to this. One one of them was smoking a cigar. I don't trust them anymore. (laughs) 
Ridiculous. Ornithologist Dominic Saventry said, uh, the emu command had eventually, had evidently ordered guerrilla tactics. An ornithologist said this. <laughs> he, I feel like he's making fun. Yeah. <laughs> and its unwieldy army soon split up into innumerable small units that made military equipment uneconomic. A crestfallen field force withdrew from combat after about a month. Yeah, it's it's it sounds like it's a lot like um, just like trying to stop a wave with your body. It's just like, yeah, it's not gonna work. Well, you don't have the resources for this. <laughs> I don't have water bending. <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, the, their their initial thought of like we're just gonna spray bullets into a wall of bird didn't pan out when the birds are like. We're not going to stand here and take this. The, the birds are like, let's go all American Revolution on these guys and take some guerrilla tactics. And by that, he mean they mean run away <laughs> and well, like split up, split up into groups. Yeah, and I, I, they didn't really do much fighting back. But one of Major Meredith's um, reports was that he did not lose a single man in this engagement. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> I love Major Meredith. <laughs> So that's all I got for the emu. The Great Emu War of 1932, I think. So for you out there in Podcastia, ruffle some feathers. Get your daily serving of wheat and divide and conquer like the emu in life, death, and taxonomy. End of the season, end of an era. And with another 10 animals in the bank, we pause to take a moment and thank those who have helped us to bring the joy of animal knowledge to ears young and old. We'd like to thank the Pool family, Joy, Jamie, Julia, and Calvin, and Laura. We'd like to thank my beautiful and supportive wife, Bibby. We'd like to thank Brian, our amazing artist, whose art you can find at xnamru, or Brian underscore muscleman underscore. We'd like to thank Tom, the barrel-chested woodcarver. And we'd like to thank all of you who listen faithfully every week. Like always, the end of the season is just the start of the next one. We have ten more animals coming your way starting next week, and we guarantee it. These guys are interesting. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, are we supposed to do horse things? Horse things? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know where I'm going to get horse things. From a horse? (laughs) 